This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Got a special surprise for all of you. Didn't even promo this one. Uh, We have Vivek Ramaswamy with us right now calling in. He is running for president and he's doing a heck of a job so far. Vivek, great to have you calling in, my friend. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, how you guys doing? We're good, man. So, So you were in... Nashville yesterday. I want, I want to first, you know, bring you up to speed on the last 24 hours. We can get to some of the broader issues, uh, the indictments, the campaigns, all the things happening right now. But first, tell me what you were and tell everybody what you were doing in Nashville and and what your purpose has been there. Well, my purpose was very focused on calling for the release of the transgender shooters manifesto, period. I think that this is a shame that this hasn't yet been released, but it's typical of what's happening in the country where we have a government that believes that the people cannot be trusted with the truth. That tragedy, that tragic shooting of six people at Covenant School occurred on March 27th. In April, Governor Bill Lee and others gestured towards the likely release of the manifesto. We're now sitting in August. That manifesto has still not been released. And I think that's wrong because there's a longstanding tradition in law enforcement whenever the manifesto is recovered, to release it, to help understand the most we can about a tragedy, to help prevent something like it from happening in the future. But my particular reason for going to Nashville this month, to Tennessee now, is that Governor Bill Lee then has the gall to nonetheless call a special session of the legislature to pass red flag laws and anti-gun measures without actually releasing to the public the essence of that manifesto. And I just think that's wrong. I think it erodes public trust. I think it reinforces this wrong belief that the public cannot handle the truth. And so I went there to say, on behalf of the citizens of this country, yes, actually, we can handle the truth. And so Vivek, Vivek, publicly, I've called on this show and in other forums as well for the release of the manifesto. My, uh, my sense of it all along has been, and I'm sure this is a part of what's going on, 
that there would be some very troubling things in there from the perspective of the beliefs of this transgender terrorist and either, uh, you know, quote, anti-trans laws that are being passed in different states or, you know, the right wing uh, conducting some kind of a, quote, uh, erasure of trans people. And, and they don't want the public to see that. Right. That's been my um, assessment all along. Is there another component to this? I mean, now that you've gone right to the heart of this uh, of this debate and showed up in Nashville and tried to push for the release of the transgender shooters manifesto. Is there a part of the argument that we're not hearing as much that actually makes more sense to you, even if you still believe it should be released? Yeah, I think that there is likely something else going on here. That's my strong sense. I think there were people who came from that community who are also against its release. But my view is, even if it's not my preferred political narrative or somebody else's preferred political narrative, we should not have preferred political narratives, actually. We should just be interested in the truth. America is founded on the truth, on a government accountable to its people rather than the other way around. And so even if the truth isn't that they are protecting some transgender hate crime against a Christian school, which is my base case assumption, you know, I think that having been there and on the ground, my sense is that may not be the story. All we have now to do is to be left to guess. And I think that that's wrong. Now, one of the arguments that they sometimes use is to say that they don't want to provide inspiration or a roadmap for people who can commit similar crimes in the future. I don't want that either. Nobody wants that. I think if there are details of a crime that need to be, that need to be, you know, laid out, well, those can be redacted in the case of a memo that's publicly released. I'd be supportive of that. But nonetheless, we have to see at least the truth about the motives. We have to see the truth about what was behind this killer's motives. We have a mental health epidemic in this country. Gender dysphoria, I believe, is a mental health condition. We have to confront that reality. But a deeper mental health condition, if people pose risks to their communities, we need to deal with that in a different way than just removing guns from law-abiding citizens, which is exactly what Tennessee is on track to do later this month. And history teaches us that we make our worst policy decisions under conditions of a so-called response to an emergency when we suppress the truth. That's exactly what happened during the COVID-19 pandemic. And I see the same mistake on track to repeat itself in Tennessee, by the way, under a Republican governor at that. Vivek uh, Ramaswamy with us now. He's running for president. He's uh, showing up big already in some of the polls relative to the the other uh, challengers. And uh, Vivek, uh did you? I don't know if you if you've seen this, so I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but I'm I'm curious what your assessment of it is. Uh, a lot of folks reacting to this David Samuel's uh, kind of magazine piece in Tablet, where he goes into effectively Obama's actually calling a lot of the shots for the Biden administration, and this seems to pull together a lot of different threads. Makes a lot of sense to me. What's your assessment of that, and, and how it pertains to? biden going forward well here he, this actually is pretty relevant to my campaign i'm a little bit outside the gop overton window here on this my whole point is i think we need to stop talking about biden right the party line is what the political consultants are coaching the candidates to do and every other candidate is doing is talking about the radical biden agenda my message is folks stop talking about biden for two reasons first of all we have to actually talk more about an affirmative vision of our own it was our failure to do that that I believe actually lost us what was the red wave that never came in 2022. But the deeper reason is the dirty little secret that Biden is not in charge. 
the people we elect to run the government are not the ones who actually run the government. That is the dirty little secret of modern federal government in the United States of America. It is the managerial class in the deep state. And if we're unwilling to wake up to that reality, then we're just going to swap out one Republican puppet for for a Democratic puppet. But it's going to be the still same managerial machine that runs the show. So the only thing I would say, and I haven't read the piece, but reacting to what you said is I think there's a temptation to then pin it to another one person, say Obama. It's not one person. It is a machine. It is a system that is bigger than any one person. It is the Leviathan. Okay, this is the Leviathan that Hobbes wrote about 400 years ago. It exists on modern American soil. It is the hollowed out husk of a republic that we actually live in today. And I think the more we talk about that, Clay, I'm leading the way in offering specifics, unprecedented detail on how we would shut down that administrative state, that deep state, and how that will stimulate the economy, how that restores accountability in government. That's how we actually win this election in a landslide. But the more we fixate on just talking about Joe Biden and offering poll-tested platitudes from Republican political consultants, the more we're missing the plot. And I think, by the way, the more likely it is we're going to lose the next election, too. Now, we are being told that any day now, and I think at this point, we, it's an assumption, right? It's not, oh, maybe there's going to be an indictment in Atlanta. I'd be shocked if it didn't happen, which would mean a fourth criminal indictment against Donald Trump. Now, you have maintained, uh, Vivek, that you are running to be president, not running to be Trump's vice president or treasury secretary or anything else. What do you think the proper response of the GOP, speaking of machinery, should be to, well, certainly three and likely soon four criminal indictments of your chief opponent in this primary? Look, there's a lot of people who want to hear me sit around and bash Trump. I'm not going to do it because, honestly, I think he was an excellent president. I think that his victory over Hillary Clinton in 2016 was probably the single most political and politically important event in my lifetime, certainly in this century, stopping the inevitable Marxist march throughout this country and our government. And so if you want to hear a bunch of people bashing Trump, tune into MSNBC. That's not what I'm going to give you, but I'm in this to move us forward. I would have made different judgments than Trump made, but a bad judgment is not a crime. And I think it is no accident that you are seeing three, now possibly four, but at least in the three that are out, novel, previously untested legal theories levied against one man in the middle of a presidential election. Come on, guys. This is politicized persecution through prosecution. It sets an awful and dangerous legal precedent in our country. Even that most recent indictment effectively criminalizing seeking good faith legal advice and a lawyer giving it, turning that activity into a so-called conspiracy with your lawyer. This is uncharted legal territory. It is dangerous precedents that shake the foundations of our legal system. And I say this as somebody who is now running third in the Republican national primary. It would be easier for me if Trump were eliminated from competition, but that would be the wrong thing for the country. And that is why I've been so forceful on this. And it is also why I've been crystal clear that when I'm president, and Clay, I do expect to be our next I'm president. I'm Buck. Clay's out today, but close enough. Go we ahead. Him. We will We will pardon him. What's that? What's that, Clay? I'm Buck. Clay is out today. It's okay. Oh, close gosh, enough. Gosh, gosh. <laughs> it's all right, man. Well, we sound, we sound close yeah, enough, yeah. but it happens with people. But um, tell me, it just, let's, just let's get on to the, the, the immigration frontier for a second. Um, cause, you know, you've seen, I'm sure, I, I talked about it at length yesterday on the show. You, you've seen the, uh, migrants who are out in the streets and, and the whole thing. 
Um, what would a Ramaswamy immigration policy look like? And I mean, give me some of the, uh, please uh, secure the border. Yeah. Yeah. We know enforce the law. Yeah. We know what though. How? Yeah. So let me, let me go quickly because, <laughs> because there's a lot here. One is the wall is not enough. We must use the U.S. military to secure the southern border. We have 1.3 million men and women serving today, 700,000 more in reserve. That is plenty to secure the southern border, close the Swiss cheese of a hole. They're building cartel-financed tunnels underneath that wall. It's the source of most of the fentanyl coming into this country. That's how we end it. Stop funding for sanctuary cities. That eliminates the incentives. And further, stop a dime of foreign aid, any dime to Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, Belize, until Mexico itself has solved its own southern border problem. So that's how we solve the illegal migration problem. And then on immigration more broadly, look, there's a key North Star here. It should be obvious, but I'm going to say it anyway, which is that the purpose of our immigration policy should be what advances the interests of the homeland. What advances the interests of American citizens on American soil? I believe the U.S. president, I believe our government has a moral obligation to our citizens to ask what advances the interests of our citizens. And that would be what guides a broader legal immigration policy as well, which I have, you know, lengthy views on. But that's the North Star principle that I would use. Vivek Ramaswamy, everybody, he is running. Um, Vivek, what's your site so people can see more about your policies and what you're up to? Vivek2024.com. That's V-I-V-E-K2024.com. And as I say, if you want reform, go with somebody else. But I stand on the side of revolution. And so if that's you, come join us. Thank you, Buck. It's good talking to you. Give good talk to you. Thanks for making the time, Vivek. Uh, we'll open up the lines here, 800-282-2882, and uh, also get to some of your VIP emails from clayandbuck.com coming up. Uh, support U.S.-funded resources. Phoenix Capital Group invites you to invest in the heart of America with our domestic energy corporate bonds. Phoenix Capital is able to connect private investor principal, like your own, with direct investments in domestic energy assets. Your venture in these U.S.-backed equities can gain up to 9 to 12% annual interest paid monthly. It's a vote of confidence in the American dream, in the unwavering spirit that built our nation. To find out more, download the Phoenix Group's free investment package today at phxonair.com. Investment in bonds have a certain amount of risk associated with it, and you should only invest if you can afford to bear the risk of loss. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Learn how you can diversify your investments. I've done this because I'm a Phoenix Capital Group investor myself, personally. I believe in what they're doing. I believe in their team and their management. You can earn 9 to 12% APY. Download the Phoenix Group's free investment packet today at phxonair.com. From the front lines of truth, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. There have been some historians making the rounds on MSNBC to talk about the Trump indictments with the threats to our democracy and the the uh, the oh, oh I'm sorry you know what here you can hear from everybody right now this is a montage of media libs all saying that Trump is a threat to democracy play two Pearl Harbor, 1941, 9-11, 2001. Donald Trump, just like those other threats to American democracy, tried to destroy our system. He's an existential threat to the national security of our country. Put Donald Trump in this box as an existential threat. The existential threat being Trump. Trump is an existential threat to democracy. These indictments, which is about the future of American democracy. Democracy itself is really at issue in this trial. If Trump could get away with what he's done, what he's charged with here, then we don't have the democracy we believed we had. It would be the end of our democracy if Donald Trump was able to get back into office. It's the end of the world as we know it. But I do not feel fine. Is that REM? Is that REM? Am I right? Right, yeah, REM. Remember when they had a moment back in the 90s? They were everywhere. Early 90s, like 92, 93, I think it was. Losing my religion. I... I I was never an REM fan. I was going to say it. I, even as a young guy, like a kid in grammar school, I was like, this band stinks. Anyway, um, but there you have it. The, okay, it's so terrible. Trump is a threat, an existential threat to democracy, going to end the country and all this stuff. Some of them are historians, too, who are making the rounds to say that this is a historic threat. But you know who's not a historian? A reverend, but not a historian. Al Sharpton. And I just want you to hear his assessment of Trump as a threat to democracy. Play it. One day, our children's children will read American history. And can you imagine our reading that James Madison or Thomas Jefferson tried to overthrow the government so they can stay in power? That's what we're looking at. We're looking (laughs) at American history and how it will play out is going to be very important. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine 
Everybody, could you imagine for a second if the founding fathers, you know, Jefferson and Washington and Madison, if they tried to overthrow the government? That's crazy. That's just so crazy, isn't it? You know, if there's one thing you can say about Thomas Jefferson, it's that he was going to do whatever the regime in power when he grew up told him to do. No questions asked. <laughs> he, he, he was like, King George, what do you want? What do you need? I got you covered. Not so much. Not so much, it turns out. But uh, that was a great one. Imagine if the founding fathers, I mean... People act like this country was founded by a bunch of revolutionaries. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, Rev- Rev- Reverend Dow. As, as a New Yorker, I've been hearing so much about Reverend Dow for, since I was a little kid. Um, so I, I have a particular, I have particular memories of what he was like, uh, back in the day. But anyway, um, yes, as you see here, the rhetoric is going to have to get even more absurd about all things Trump-related because the Democrats have been conditioned to speak about it in this way. So if you want any attention, if you want people to click on your, you know, your link or uh, for your website or watch your segment on TV and you're a Democrat, you've got to just come up with some way of saying the, the worst possible things um, about Donald Trump. You got, but you've got to, it's, it's an arms race, right? You've got to elevate the crazy. Donald Trump isn't just worse than, than Hitler. He's worse than Hitler, Stalin, and Pol Pot put together all at once. Click on this link, you know, donate to some Democrat. That's the way they do it. That's the game they play. Innovation refunds, my friends. I want to tell you about them. They're helping thousands of small businesses with their ERC tax refunds. This is the employee retention credit, the program being administered by the IRS. If you own a business with five or more employees, uh, you may well have money waiting to be claimed. Innovation Refunds is dedicated to helping business owners navigate the process with their team of independent tax attorneys. Each of them is experienced in understanding ways that the different kinds of companies can claim tax deductions as a result of the pandemic. There are other companies saying they specialize in ERC refunds, but not every company is the same. You want to go with the best. Innovation Refunds has hundreds of five-star Trustpilot and Google reviews. And they're certified with the Better Business Bureau. Trust your business with the experts at Innovation Refunds. Get started online now. Go to innovationrefunds.com. That's innovationrefunds.com. Or if you want to call them, here's their number, 1-843-REFUNDS. That's 1-843-REFUNDS. So the Hunter Biden revelations, which we've talked about here a lot, it couldn't be any more clear, right, Um, that he broke the law, that they tried to give him a sweetheart deal. It must be somewhat, well, you'd have to have principles to be exhausted by it. But I would think that for an honest person, carrying endless amounts of water for Hunter Biden would just become very tiresome because he's not representative. Look, you know, there are things that that Trump says or does that uh, not everyone I know agrees with that I don't always agree with, obviously. But there's a broader movement and there's a sense of something bigger at stake than just well i didn't like that tweet or i disagree with him appointing this person or uh you know no one's perfect i argue with members of my own family and they're all pretty fantastic so you know this is this is the reality that we deal with in politics you're not looking for the perfect looking for the best option that brings about the most important 
um, most meaningful results. Hunter Biden is just like uh, a, a <laughs> I can't really say it on the radio. He's a, uh, you know, he's a jerk. You know, but he's tied to Joe. And as we know, Joe was tied to Barack, as we've been talking about. So they protect him. They circle the wagons. And there's, it does remind me at some level of the most extreme, uh, the most extreme cults because they, the more absurd what you're willing to say in front of or in favor of Hunter Biden, the more absurd it is, the more attached to the, Democrat power apparatus you become. I, I will give you a perfect example of this. Joe Scarborough, a former Republican. I mean, I'll tell you this. There is no chance that I would ever become a lib. It's just never going to happen. I have viewed the world through the prism of uh, a conservative values since as long as I have been thinking about things you know, beyond where I'm going to get, you know, my next uh, scooter and a ham sandwich since I was a kid, right? I mean, it's just, it couldn't be any more straightforward for me who I am and what I believe in. Some people in the media, they just totally switch. Doesn't matter. Well, you know, if, if, if the paychecks are good enough, they'll be a communist. They don't care. Whatever, whatever works, whatever matters, however they get there. And you certainly see that over at MSNBC. You have former Bush uh, administration officials who are now working for the uh, the commies over at MSNBC and Scarborough, a Republican congressman from Florida. He goes over there and he says, that, there's no way he believes this is true. He could never say debate this. He would never call into the show and say, really, you don't think Hunter Biden's can committed any crimes here? Play 19. They keep trying to find something, anything to distract from the fact that Donald Trump has been charged with stealing nuclear secrets charged with stealing military plans, charged with trying to overthrow an American presidential election. And they keep sort of rummaging around for Hunter Biden and Biden crime family conspiracy theories. And again, let me say it again. This is our daily reminder to anybody watching. If Hunter Biden's guilty of anything, arrest him, charge him, let a jury convict him. Case or sarah, whatever will be, will be, as we say here. But the Republicans, they have nothing. They keep making fools of themselves. I mean, could he really be that big of a jackass? Daddy is the president, Joe, so they won't allow any charges against him. But the charges are so obvious and he's so guilty that they were going to at least for the purposes of the political optics make him take a multi-count plea deal. But he walked away from the plea deal because there were other crimes that the judge wasn't willing to give him a get out of jail free card on because he hadn't been indicted or even talked about uh, being indicted with the prosecutors on that one. Everyone knows he's guilty. Hunter knows he's guilty. The whole world knows he's guilty. There's no debate over whether Hunter could, oh, let a jury convict him. Oh, okay. You know? This is great. It's be like, what's the problem in Soviet Russia? Let the, the people love Stalin. Let them vote. Yeah, because that's how it was working, you know? Hmm. Sure. No problem in the Soviet Union. They had a constitution. They had all kinds of rights. They had, like, paid leave in their constitution, paid vacation. Somehow it didn't work out that way. Hmm. They have a problem. Bring the charges. The fix is in, and he knows it. Everybody knows it. But this is the game that we're going to be going through here. 
people are going to do whatever is most advantageous to their belief system at some level, but also to the bottom line. Um, and uh, here we go. NBC's Scott Wong. I told you this is what they're going to say. Okay, it was really gross. Yes, they were selling influence. Yes, Joe talked to the business partners. Yes, everything we told you before about this was a lie. But no one's going to prison for it. There's no charges. Play 18. Hunter Biden is an entirely different question. He, of course, very clearly was trying to trade on the Biden name. Archer said that multiple times, that he was portraying this appearance or, quote, an illusion of influence. And so that was something that was very clearly stated by Archer, that Hunter Biden was trying to impress his employer, Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company, but that no evidence of impropriety was committed by Joe biden look at all these all these correspondents on the news all of us all of a sudden they're all speaking like defense attorneys well there was no there's no definitive proof that has been tested in a judicial system yet that is of a level of evidence uh evidentiary burden the, the whole thing we know they're just circle the wagons do whatever they, whatever they have to do but this notion of the illusion of influence the illusion of influence. I mean, with Biden, we have the illusion of a presidency, but that's something we talked about in the first hour. The illusion of influence. Okay, let's just say, uh, we, you know, we got a lot of people out there. You know, in, in honor of my buddy Clay, I'll do a little sports, a little sports analogy here. If I were to pay off the referee of a game, or rather, let's say I am the referee at the, I'm the, I'm the head referee at the Super Bowl, and someone gives me a million dollars and says, hey. You know, my my uh, New York football giants, we agree they're going to get the close calls, right? Wink, wink. And I go, I'm just going to take your money. You know, I'm not making any promises. Wink, wink. Does anybody, could that referee say, oh, I just took the money. It was the illusion of influence. It was the illusion of influence that I took millions of dollars for. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Imagine you're a politician. Make this even easier. You're signing off on big government contracts. You're the governor of New York State. He's a true imbecile, but put that aside. The governor of New York State. And someone brings you a briefcase full of money. They say, look, I don't want this to be quid pro quo because that's corruption. Here, just take a briefcase with a million dollars in it. Maybe you're going to give me that casino license that I want. I'm not saying you're going to, but just take this million dollars. And let, is that the illusion of influence or is that influence? You say, oh, but you can't make the person, well, they've taken, they've, they've uh, taken a million dollars from you. In the case of Hunter, it's many, many millions of dollars. But this is the game. They move the goalposts. They lied. They ran interference for as long as they can. Unfortunately, interference they ran has helped them because of the statute of limitations component of all of this. But now they're going to have people like Joe Scarborough be like, yeah, if it's if he's guilty, put him to a jury and let's see what happens. I mean, I, w- I would love anybody with any honesty and any chutzpah whatsoever at that table to say, you know, he was signing a plea deal because he did all this stuff, right? You know, they've got him nailed, right? Like this is not a there's no there's no question as to whether he broke the law. He's saying he broke the law and it's not his fault because he was a drug addict. So please be merciful on me. By merciful, it means wipe the whole thing away because he's Joe Biden's son. But they're pushing 
the unreality. They're pushing the unreality. They think that if they throw another, and the Atlanta charge is probably coming down any day now, any day now, they think if they throw a fourth, maybe a fifth, maybe a sixth, let's throw another criminal indictment. Let, let's get a criminal indictment. You know, we'll throw them on layaway. We'll, we'll, we'll lease some criminal indictments. We'll, we'll donate some criminal indictments. You know, put them, make it 10, make it 15. They think the number of these indictments is going to change anybody's mind about what's happening. They think that we're going to say, oh, well, you know, because you are criminalizing conversations with his lawyers and a legal strategy now finally sure you lied at russia collusion sure you've you know you've gone through extreme lengths to destroy the uh whatever faith we have in the system to try to take down donald trump sure you impeached him twice including an impeachment for a per when he said when trump was perfectly fine phone call it was he was right but yeah if they get to indictment number four then we have to then we have to really rethink things sure it's not going to work that way it's not going to work that way. Uh, 800-282-2882. We'll take some of your calls. Um, also, I, I had never seen this before. Maybe we'll have an expert in the audience weigh in on this one. Um, random story that just got some interest for me, and we'll talk about it. Maybe we come back. It's not an important story, but I, I, I love animals. I tell you that. I love dogs. We're getting a dog this fall. I'm going to need some of you to, I want to get a second dog next year too. It's a whole other conversation. Um, we're going to have two of them. You have to teach me, though, how I can train them both so they can live happily together and there's no problems there. Uh, but I, I love animals. I love dogs. I always thought that otters were, were really, I'll just tell you, I thought otters were really cute. I'd seen them before in the wild. I'd seen them up in Minnesota and Canada and uh, up in the Adirondacks. I've seen otters before, right? There was a vicious otter attack in Montana. Attacked three people in the water. I never even heard, I didn't even know that was a thing that could happen. When otters attack, I'm being, it's just totally serious. I saw this story. I, we got any zoologists out there who could explain this one to me. I, I was ready to get a pet otter, not so much anymore. The artificial intelligence gold rush could soon be creating substantial wealth for ambitious individuals who understand this technology. But while everyone is focusing on chat GPT and AI stocks like Nvidia, something incredible is happening less than two miles from chat GPT's headquarters. For the past few months, engineers from Google and Microsoft have been working on a little-known crypto project that could revolutionize the AI industry. You have a chance to get in on the ground floor of this project for pennies, giving you a rare chance to turn $1,000 into a six-figure nest egg. All this information is coming directly from Tika Tiwari, the man who picked the top crypto six years in a row. Next Wednesday, Tika is hosting a free online strategy session to give you all the details on his number one coin that will leverage this boom in artificial intelligence. Sign up in advance. Go to AICoin2023.com. Sign up for this free event. That's AICoin2023.com, paid for by Palm Beach Research Group. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Stay current with what Clay and Buck are saying on TV. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. 
Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back in, team. Uh, we'll circle back around at the top of the next hour and talk more about the indictment situation, politics in America, you know, important stuff. We'll get into all of that and also may bring you a very important voice, uh, the most important voice I think you could hear on these airwaves um, with some analysis of that tablet piece on Barack Obama that we have linked up at clanbuck.com. I am telling you, it is... It is must read stuff. And it, it's all, none of, it's not, there's no conspiratorial stuff. It is the preeminent biographer of Obama a- answering questions about Obama. And he's, he's not an anti Obama. He's just, just going with the facts. But just even the whole thing about living in Colorado in DC, right near the White House. Hmm. That's interesting. Who was the other, find me the other president who right after, they finished their presidency. They just bought a mansion down the street from the White House. That's interesting. Uh, we'll get to some calls here in a moment. Uh, also, I, I mentioned this. Um, this is just crazy. Three women injured in rare otter attack in Montana's Jefferson River. Three women were, I mean, I see a, a photo of where they were here on the Jefferson River. It looks beautiful. Montana's amazing. Uh, I was in Montana a couple of years ago. Um, absolutely beautiful place. So they're just hanging out, maybe, you know, inner tubing with some Chardonnay in their hands or something. Inner tubing is such a fun way to chill out in the river. Three of them were attacked by, I guess, a northern river otter. They only get to weigh something like, uh, 20 or 30 pounds, I think. They're not that big. There are otters in the Amazon, I believe, that can be enormous. And I think some of the sea otters out there can also get shockingly big. Um, somebody, don't we have an otter special? We have specialists in everything in this audience. I want our otter specialist to come to call in. All right. If I tell somebody that I need a paleontologist with expertise in pterodactyls, I say that on these airwaves, we've got them or her always. So I just didn't know they would attack people. Three different people. 
One of them had to be airlifted because the injuries were so serious. I, folks, you can have a pet. Not that I've re- not that I've researched this. You can have a pet otter in Florida with no no permit. Legal. You know? I see them. They they crack the little shells on their tummies and stuff, and they float around and they look they look like they're just hanging out. Well, apparently not always. Uh let's see. We have Frank in California. Frank, what have you got for us? Hey, Buck. Is this Buck? Yes, it is Buck. Yes, hey, sir. Buck, You're getting how it right. You doing? Listen, I um I just want to thank you tremendously for having Vivek on. Um, I, I've only heard him uh, for a few minutes uh, on Laura Ingraham's show, and your interview with him, I, I just contributed $100 uh, to his uh, uh, website, and I, I'm going $100 a month. That's the guy we need. He, he's, he, he's a... He's an American. He's going to put the military at the border. What a great candidate. I, I was Trump, but I, I just switched to Vivek. And again, thank you for interviewing him. I, well, thank I you. V- Vivek really... and I became we, Vivek and I became friends. Thanks for calling in, Frank. A few years ago, we did an event together in Milwaukee. We've got our great Milwaukee affiliate, um, WISN. Uh, so... Uh, you know, we we did an event together for like fifteen hundred people or something. It was great. Um, and Vivek and I were hanging out there and uh, had a good time. So that was maybe that was pre pre pandemic. Gosh, I can't. The pandemic stuff all makes my timelines off. Hayden in Charleston, South Carolina. Yes, Charleston, one of my favorite places. What's going on, Hayden? Hey, Buck. Shields high. Shields high. Um, so, in regards to the talking heads um, that you played, saying that Trump he's in office it would be the the end of democracy i hope their viewers are uh, smart enough to understand that trump just can't put himself in office that uh, there has to be a vote by the people therefore democracy is very alive i, I totally this is what i've been saying really important point hayden thank you for calling in um i gotta i gotta take carrie on a, on a weekend visit to charleston just i love the food and the people it's such a great spot um i just say this it, they're saying it's the end of democracy if people get to choose who their president is. That means the end of democracy. Really? How does how does that work exactly? Uh, um, it's it's like we're living in the upside down world. It's opposite day for these Democrats. You know, if they think Trump is so awful, then let him run without all these encumbrances and let the people decide. You know. Joe Biden, I'm sure people are going to really be excited about voting for him for a second time. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.